Hi, this is Kurt Gouveia, number 54, Washington Redskins. You're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, GM at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we are in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid because we are doing everything we can to keep our dealership clean and offering delivery services to minimize exposure. We've also opened a helpline for assistance of any kind, including grocery or medication pickup. Please call our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com to learn more. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Sports King Show, live on Sports 106.1. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 1061. And good morning, everyone. Happy Friday to you. One step closer, we hope, to returning to a new normal. Uh, we want to thank Big Al and Sports Phone, of course, 8 to 10, leading into my show. And we've got a big show on tap today on this Friday edition, the first day of May. So, hoping for some exciting new things ahead. Of course, we heard that NASCAR coming back on the 17th. We're excited about that news. Not so excited to hear that the Little League World Series has been canceled the first time in history, so that's very disappointing. Another casualty of the coronavirus pandemic, and it's a sad thing. All those young men that were trying to play in that great tournament as part of Americana uh, have been denied due to this, uh, as so many other sports have fallen. Uh, so does the Little League World Series. I want to let you know today on the show, we're so excited. Coming up a little bit later, Andre the Hawk Dawson, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And you look at his incredible career, and I look at his numbers. I mean, you can look at the batting average, 279. 2,774 hits, 438 home runs. You know, you're looking at a guy with 1,591 RBI, one of only eight players to have 300 home runs and 300 stolen bases. So when you look at a guy like this, and yes, the kid in me comes out, and I don't apologize for that. I'm a broadcaster. I've been a reporter. I've been on television. I've been in radio for a long time, but at the heart of me and most of the people I know, my producer, Ben Maitland as well, a huge baseball fan. You're a fan of the game. And when I've met the guys that I looked up to growing up, uh, the Ripkins and the Dawson's and the guys of this ilk, you have to understand this is baseball royalty and what an honor it will be to have Andre the Hawk Dawson on this program today. 
when you think about the numbers, just staggering. When you think about the accomplishments, just incredible. And, of course, a 2010 Baseball Hall of Famer on top of everything else. So we're so excited to welcome to the show here uh, a little bit later in the program. But we do want to start off. We have some things to go over. And this hit me yesterday. And, folks, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and Google this. There is a brand new, and they debuted it yesterday, massive double-sided. They're calling it, they even have a word for this, a name, a term. It's called the Oculus it's the new video board tested at Rams and Chargers SoFi Stadium, the now home of the Rams and Chargers. They'll be sharing that. And when you look at this massive, unprecedented video uh, system, it's, as I said, being called Oculus. It's a 120-yard long, 2.2 million pounds. Think about this for a second. 2.2 million pounds. 4K HDR LED display. If you thought Atlanta's 360-degree board at Mercedes-Benz Stadium was cool or the Cowboys Stadium, their major scoreboard, just check this thing out. It is so amazing, and you need to go look at that online. But when you think about it, uh, according to the Rams, the screens contain 80 million pixels and have 260 speakers behind them, 260, plus a bunch of 5G antennas. So I implore you to please if you get a chance today google sofi stadium and the oculus board it is something to behold it is absolutely stunning would be the first word comes to mind this thing is state-of-the-art in every way and the thing about it is i remember years ago when i went to the jerry world for the first time uh, my friend said on the way in hey you're gonna be watching the scoreboard you're not gonna be watching the games and true to form i was watching the scoreboard because it's at eye level and was very rarely looking down at the field because it's so big in front of you. It's like you're watching, you know, the scoreboard for the entirety of the game and not looking down because it looks like, uh, not like ants, but it looks very small in the field comparable uh, to what you're seeing on the board. And so he said, you're going to go to a game and watch a scoreboard. And he was right on the money because your eyes just immediately go to what's in front of you, what you see easiest. And the scoreboard was incredible. I don't think I watched much on the field at all because it's happening in real time on the scoreboard while it's on the field. So your eyes are just right there. But this Oculus that they have built in inside of SoFi Stadium, I once again implore you today, Google it, take a look at it. It's just incredible and uh, something that they put a lot of time and effort into. And it's a beautiful, it's absolutely beautiful in terms of uh, what uh, you will see when you actually Google this. We talked about yesterday Andy Dalton. I've gone on record stating that the quarterback who was a great competitor for Cincinnati will be again for the next stop. Many people yesterday were opining that it would be Bill Belichick making the call to bring Andy Dalton into the fold in New England. As Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friend. It could be other places. It could be Jacksonville. Of course, you've got... Uh, Jay Gruden, the failed former Redskin coach who is now the offensive coordinator there. He likes Andy Dalton. He's worked with him. He knows him. That might be a very good fit for Andy Dalton heading to Jacksonville. Washington would be the place that I think would be the perfect fit because you've got a quarterback room with two guys that are improving, two guys that need some leadership, two guys that need to learn from a veteran, somebody that can help them get better 
in that quarterback room. Right now, you've got two unproven guys. As I said, you shake them up in the bag. You're hoping for the best. We go on record here on this show saying hope is not a strategy. So you send out Dwayne Haskins Jr. opening day, and you're hoping a guy comes out and takes your team and lifts them up. I'm not saying the kid won't develop. I'm not saying he doesn't need time. I am saying that he's unproven, and he hasn't had a great history behind him in terms of play because he just hasn't had the time. But in a franchise that is going on 30 years of nothingness in terms of any major wins of note, do you want to, again, as a Redskin fan, wait again? I, for one, don't. I want to go into a season with a little bit of hope and optimism. And you may say, well, you know, the rookie could come in and really do this and that. You know, I saw enough in a sample size to show me that this is still going to be a work in progress. Now, if you want to throw another season away and say, well, we're not going anywhere. Let's go ahead and just keep building on this guy. And we hope that he adapts and we hope that he picks it up and we hope he improves. I'm not saying he won't, but I would much rather have the red rifle in this starting lineup with a solid defense and give us a chance. Now, just like Dumb and Dumber and Jim Carrey and his character, uh, who said to the actress in the movie, so it's a chance, like one in a hundred, and she said more like one in a million. So I'm not saying it's a great chance, but I'm saying your chances go up to win a playoff opportunity and maybe advance, and maybe Dalton gets hot and goes on a run. The odds of winning a championship game level aspect with Andy Dalton, in my opinion, go higher than with a Haskins or a Kyle Allen. Just don't have the background. Dalton has seen pretty much every blitz there is to see. He's seen every coverage there is to see. He knows game management. He knows how to win. And he hasn't had the best pieces around him. Now, I'm not saying he still would if he came to Washington, but you've got AP back there running the ball. You've got a receiver and another receiver that just came in from Liberty, and you're hoping to add a few more pieces, maybe Thaddeus Moss to Andy Dalton's uh, you know, arsenal, to give enough to keep the team in games. I just don't know with the current talent level that has been brought in through the draft with a rookie quarterback in Haskins, the second year. Uh, he's still a rookie because he didn't really play a ton last year, but in the games we saw him in, it was very uneven. The word is uneven with him. We're just not sure. And I'm not saying rookies won't get better. We know that. And there's a history of that where they can improve and will improve. But I don't want to wait. I mean, I've waited long enough. I think if you're a Redskins fan, you've waited long enough. I think folks out there were spoiled by the success in the 80s and 90s to the point where you say, you know what, I want to get back there. And I remember speaking with Mark Rippon after the 91 season. And I said, man, you've set us up for such great success for so many years to come. This is going to be an annual thing or semi-annual or every four or five years. We'll be back in this mix, this Super Bowl run. And it's like the old song. You don't know what you've got until it's gone. I sat there with him thinking this is going to be really something that they paid the way for and really set the tone for future seasons. And when they say really really enjoy the moment, enjoy the, the victories because they are so hard to come by. Folks, true words were never spoken. When your team wins a world title, and I've got friends that are Buffalo Bills fans have suffered through those four losses. And of course, you got the Chicago Cubs and Andre Dawson. We'll talk to him about that. Of course, the Red Sox and the Cubs and those teams that have waited so many years to hold up that championship trophy and be, be anointed as world 
champions, when you have that happen, having won titles, you need to enjoy the moment more than ever because you don't know, like Kansas City this past year, they win it and people are saying they're going to win multiple or maybe be in position to win multiple for the next three or four years, which really could happen. But nothing is given. Nothing is for granted, as we well know. So enjoy your championships. And you look at the Celtics with all their multiple championships, the Lakers and all that. All those have got to be enjoyed and really valued. And Patriot fans right now, as you look at your team, mine is Tom Brady, mine is Rob Gronkowski. you got six Super Bowls. I'm saying reflect on those, enjoy those. And sometimes you think, well, we're going to be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. And guess what? As Washington has proven, you don't always go back. And the pain and the agony of waiting, it really, when you live and die with your team and you want them to do so well and your heart is with them and they don't do well, it really brings you down. And it's been close to 30 years, as I said, that uh, we haven't seen this. When my grandson was born some 18 years ago, I remember holding him up and we talked about, wow, we got another Redskin fan in the uh, family. Well, come to find out, he gravitated towards the Steelers. And I asked him one day, I said, why didn't you ever like the Redskins like you know your grandpa did? He said, you know what? Grampy, the skins have never been good since I've been born. And it's over 17 years, 18 years ago. And he's right. So I can't really blame him because they've never given him a reason to cheer. Steelers, meanwhile, have won Super Bowls and been more active and been a better team. So I can understand his point. But that's what I'm getting to. It's been close to 30 years of nothingness. And when you have that, you really don't want to wait through another rookie campaign and hope a guy you know, catches fire. You just don't want to do it. So Andy Dalton is on the loose nine years after joining the Bengals, had some really good days. Of course, Andy Dalton, I've gone on record saying a classic locker room guy, a good guy. Nobody's ever said anything bad about the guy. Uh, leadership qualities are there. Locker room qualities are there. I mean, he has all the intangibles except any major hardware because he hasn't been able to get out of the playoffs because he hasn't had great talent around him. Now, I'm not saying he's not at fault for not having won some of those games that he should have won, but he hasn't always had the great pieces around him. I think Washington, if you can bring a few more pieces in, could give him enough to move the ball, hopefully get in the red zone, hopefully score, play some great defense with a revamped defense under Jack Del Rio. And while I'm saying Nobody is going to be talking about getting a Lombardi trophy right away. Your chances go up of possibly being in the mix. And that's what I'm hoping for as a fan, to be in the mix, to say we do at least have a chance. And right now, I don't see that chance. I see another painful growth year, which uh, I'm over the growth, as if you couldn't tell that. But anyway, that's the situation there. Andy Dalton is on the move, and uh, it will be New England, Jacksonville, and outside possibility Washington if they decide to go in that direction, which I think they should really take a hard look at. So that's the situation there that we're going to be following, keeping you up to date on that. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. If you want to give us a call, give us a call. 804-327-0888 is the number. 804-327-0888 is the number. We've got Andre the Hawk Dawson coming up, the Hall of Famer, at the top of the hour. Of course, Major League Baseball has some issues right now. If you have paid... Uh, money for tickets and if you got to look at some of the people out there paid and you look at new york some of the prices for tickets there people are wanting to get their money back now and they're talking about the refund policies due to the coronavirus pandemic 
And Major League Baseball is directing its 30 clubs to develop ticket refund policy for games scheduled in March, April, and May. Clubs are offering now single and season ticket holders the option of either keeping their tickets and receiving bonuses on their accounts ranging from 5% to 30%, a figure that can be applied to the season or 2021. Yet with the possibility that the entire 2020 season may be wiped out or played without fans, you can simply get your money back too. As of Thursday afternoon, 28 of 30 teams had revealed options for postponed games with all confirming refunds are now available, some more explicitly than others. All teams are offering the credit or refund options for games scheduled through April while some extended that period through May. That window figures to grow as the likelihood of baseball played before fans in June and beyond diminishes. At this time, we are able to issue credits or refunds for games in March, April, and May of 2020. We are working with Major League Baseball and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on a variety of contingency plans to resume normal operations as soon as possible. The Tampa Bay Rays uh, told their ticket holders in an email yesterday, and they posted a message on their website and basically everywhere else uh, throughout baseball feeling the pinch as well. A 1,200-word explainer from the Minnesota Twins only mentions refunds for single-game purchases. It does not mention uh, detailed refunds as an option for season ticket holders whose accounts will automatically receive a 15% bonus credit. Season ticket holders are only encouraged to contact their sales representative if they wish to continue their holdings further. And refunds are available via that avenue, the club confirmed. The New York Mets posted a 1,284-word policy Thursday afternoon focusing heavily on credits. The word refund does appear 1,174 words deep into the document. The Los Angeles Dodgers, in an email to ticket holders, told, uh, talked about credits and bonuses and people would receive uh, and so forth. No action is required on your part until you choose to use your credit. The larger point for ticket holders, if you don't like what you're reading, just ask and you will find out the information. But you have to make sure you call and be proactive because uh, it's one of those things. If you don't ask for your money back, they certainly are not going to give it back. Uh, so, so many teams out there are really uh, just hanging on, waiting to see what happens. We've talked about the three 10-team league situation with no fans as an option. They're talking about that now. We're wondering if that's going to be the way it's going to happen. Uh, we want to see baseball back in some form. If that's it, maybe we start with no fans. Maybe we come back slowly and add, you know, 500 fans, 1,000 fans. Everybody spreads out and maybe gets the opportunity to watch baseball in a new form. So it's one of those situations where it's a wait-and-see deal. But we hope that somebody comes up with something soon. The good news, of course, we heard about, uh, and Ben broke the story about the May 17th NASCAR coming back and uh, he let us know that a couple days ago. So we're excited about that. As far as the NBA is concerned, they can't resume play soon enough. Uh, Adam Silver has talked about this, but at the same time, the NBA is not going to be rushed. Uh, very pessimistic when you hear Mark Cuban, the Dallas Mavericks, and Mark Lassery of the Milwaukee Bucks talking on CNBC and uh, CNN. You hear optimism, but then you hear the commissioner and other folks, and they're not so sure but what I've heard is concerning to me, and I've gone on record with this, is some teams are saying could get a three- and four-week jump on other teams in terms of preparation for the NBA season. And my question there is competitive balance. If I am coaching the Bucks and I start four weeks later than the Lakers, I'm going to raise holy you-know-what. 
because I want my team to have the same advantages that they do. So my take, if I'm telling Adam Silver and get the opportunity to talk to him, I would basically say, if you start this, either start it all together so everybody's on equal footing or don't start it at all. Uh, Adam Silver said on April 17th in a conference call with reporters, quote, all I can say is we're still at a point where we don't have enough information to make a decision. And that comment uh, is something that everybody's just kind of hanging out waiting for more. Uh, The CNBC, uh, CNBC story prompted LeBron James to respond via Twitter, quote, nobody I know saying anything like that. As soon as it's safe, we'd like to finish our season. I'm ready and our team is ready. Nobody should be canceling anything. So King James, end quote, said uh, they're basically going to continue playing, that they're ready and they want to go. So a situation that uh, LeBron James says, let's get going, but the commissioner is taking that wait-and-see approach. So one of those things that um, we want it to happen, we want it to happen safely, but I know that uh, when you get all these owners saying one thing, players saying something else, commissioners kind of wait and see, it seems like everybody is on a different sheet of music, and so they all have to come together sooner or later to get this thing done. Uh, so that's the situation there as far as the NBA is concerned. I uh, read something kind of funny, um, not so funny for Jordan Spieth, not so funny for you if you're a golfer. Uh, Jordan Spieth uh, was playing in a charity at the uh, Merido Samaritan Fund invitation on his home course, the Merido Golf Club in Carrollton, Texas. He launched his tee shot on the 110-yard par 317th, and he watched it come right down into the hole only because they placed a piece of plastic in the hole because of coronavirus. It didn't let the ball in. Rather, the ball changed, uh, clanged off the uh, piece of plastic and went into the water. So you go from a hole-in-one to a hole-in-none as it goes in the water. He was playing with CBS analyst Tony Romo, and in one of those situations, he said, I'm going to count it, Spee said. It was one of those ones where it would most likely have stayed in. I've been shut out for a while. He said he hasn't had a hole-in-one in probably three or four years. So uh, that's amazing. Uh my father-in-law played for 46 years. He had two in uh, 46 years. So for Spieth to say I haven't had one in three or four years just tells you how talented these guys are at that level. Uh, but uh, just kind of n- one of the new aspects of golf, uh, they don't want you, I guess, touching things around the hole. So they're going to be placing things into the hole. So once again, even uh, Jordan Spieth affected uh, while playing in terms of uh, the COVID virus and what they're doing to protect people on the golf course. So, Just some of the news and uh, headlines that we're following out there, of course, coming up in just a little bit. It'll be Andre the Hawk Dawson, our special guest on the Sports King Show. And, of course, you look at his Hall of Fame career, 2010 Hall of Famer, 300 home runs plus uh, 300 stolen bases, only one of eight players. Folks, put that in context for a second. When you look at a guy that has played at the highest level, only one of eight players in the history, and you look at the long-term history of baseball, to ever accomplish that feat, and he'll be on our show, and I cannot be more excited about that because uh, he's a guy that has seen it all, done it all. And the other aspect we're going to talk to him about, Andre Dawson's family, and he owns a funeral home in Florida. And, of course, it's been hit hard by uh, everybody else, like uh, the coronavirus situation. He talks about the people that have come there and what he's doing there in the community to help people get through a very tough time. So a situation right there, we'll talk to him about that aspect and uh, all the things that he 
did, of course, a great player. Many people remember him as a Chicago Cub, which I did. And I was thinking, you know, to myself, he was such a great Cub for so long. But when you look back at his career, he was a expo is who he went into the Hall of Fame as in 2010. Uh, his his hat was an expo hat versus a Cubs hat. He played 10 years for the Expos and only five for the Cubs, which I was uh, and looking back, I thought it was much longer with the Cubs, but it was not. But he did such amazing things. But we're going to take a time out. We're going to come back. we got a lot more show for you. And I uh, hope you're having a good day so far on this Friday. And we're going to take one more time out here. And don't forget, tonight, uh, the see is uh, next top of the next segment is going to be Andre Dawson, number eight, uh, Chicago Cubs. And we are so excited as he joins us on Sports King. Don't touch it now. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, this is Joe Theismann, and you're listening to The Sports King with Jamie King. Hi, sports fans. It's The Sports King for the Podiatry Center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts, hard casts. I was in pain, and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally, and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. everyone friday morning edition of the sports king and thank you for joining us coming up top of the hour andre the hawk dawson baseball royalty hall of famer you played 10 years for the expos five years for the cubs think about this folks just for a minute andre dawson is the second player to ever hit 400 home runs and 300 stolen bases Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Willie Mays was the first. So think about that company for a minute. And as Ben mentioned during the break, that Sean Dunstan said that he could have hit, uh, was it Ben, 500 homers? He said something uh, about like 600 homers. Or 600 homers and 500 stolen bases. bases. Yeah, exactly. If he wouldn't have had bad knees. He had 12 knee surgeries during his career, so think about that for a minute. But 400 and 300, the only second player to ever do that will be our guest coming up at the top of the show here at the 11 o'clock hour on Sports 106.1. Thank you, Facebook Live, for watching as well. I'm going to tell you something I was disturbed by yesterday. The NCAA is now going to start paying athletes for their likeness and their images. They're saying that they're looking to institute this if not uh, this season, next season, where players can actually get, if they go to a car dealership or a mall or somewhere and they sign autographs, they can get paid for that, which is great. Yesterday, Ole Miss football coach, new Ole Miss football coach, Lane Kiffin, I'm not a big fan, 
seems to agree with his boss in terms of uh, the fact that on the Callan Cowherd show, he said, I just don't know how it's going to be managed. You're opening up a can of worms. How can you manage donors who say, hey, you come to this school the day you get here, I'm going to buy a thousand of your jerseys for a hundred bucks. I don't understand how this is all going to get managed. And that's part that scares me a lot. Well, listen, Lane, here's the deal. You're making a ton of money. And I know you're worried about that, which you shouldn't worry about. Because as we talked about yesterday, the problem is only going to be you've got the top end guys. So give you an example. If you're at LSU, you got the Joe Burrows and the Patrick Queens and the guys that really stand out. They're going to make a ton of money because they're in high demand. If you're a special teams player on the LSU Tigers, you're not going to make as much. But maybe there's a situation where they can trickle it down and make it a little bit of parity throughout to where some of the lesser players get a minimum amount uh, that they receive. Because if you've got only starters, if you're a guy that's a backup or a third-string linebacker, you don't see the field, but you're putting as much effort and time into playing. And because you're not you know, the rock star frontline guy, you're not making that kind of money. Should you be shut out totally or should there be a stipend amount for you as well? And that's what they're trying to figure out because it could really get top heavy with your stars. If you get the guys out there, they're going to be make millions anyway as they go to the next level, but they'll also make the money at the college level. It's the players that are just trying to get by to have enough money for pizza or have enough money just to, put gas in their vehicles and maybe go on a date or do some things there that are going to struggle with this. The top line front guys will all get taken care of. And of course you hear all the time about uh, the opportunities for them in terms of community events and getting paid because, you know, everybody knows the guy. If you've got a Bo Jackson or, uh, you know, Tommy Frazier and you throw all the, you know, Brady Quinn guys like that in the past name guys, you're going to want them around and you're going to pay them because, uh, you know, they're going to do something for your business, but maybe that third string special teams guy won't. So does he get shut out or do they put something aside for him? I'm more for uh, trying to put something aside. Maybe the top guys can say, you know, I hate to put it on the top guys, but maybe if Joe Burrow gets $50,000, uh, maybe a 10% of that goes back into the pool for the lesser known players. And it can be divided that way. Something like that. I mean, there's just a thought, but just to say, uh, you know, only the top guys get paid. Everybody else doesn't. It's really going to cause some hurt feelings probably among players. And you got to remember you're out there working with your teammates every day. And I know players at the top also want their fellow teammates to feel like they're all together because you've got guys blocking for you that may not be making it. You got an offensive lineman that's protecting you or blocking for you. You're making all the money and they're not getting thought of in any way, shape or form. I'm not saying they'd miss blocks, but I'm saying they would probably not feel very happy about uh, being around you if you're going to be selfish and not try to find a way to at least you know give those guys a little something too. So that's something to think about. Uh, we found out, uh, Ben was discussing during the break, that the number 88 of Michael Irvin with the Dallas Cowboys will be now worn by C.D. Lamb, the Oklahoma receiver drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, will be uh, wearing the number 88. So we're excited about that. Uh, Facebook Live, we welcome Daniel Kyle Mosley, Ralph Faulkner from London, England, and the great Bud Foster actually tuned in. And, uh, of course, coming up top of the hour, it'll be Andre the Hawk Dawson, number eight. Bud Foster, uh, who has done such an amazing job. We know the Virginia Tech story there and the history there. And 
He mentioned on the show that he was hoping that the college football season, like all of us, starts up, and he thinks it will start. And if it doesn't, it may start in the spring, but he's definitely hopeful that the college football season uh, starts up again. And I'll tell you, without Bud Foster on the sidelines, that's very odd, especially for Hokies fans. I mean, you love the guy, you watch the guy's intensity, and you knew what he brought to the table and what that defense did, but he feels like the defense is really in good shape now and will continue to be successful. And he's very high on Justin Fuente and Virginia Tech, and he thinks they're really going to be in the thick of things. So it was great catching up with Coach, of course, uh, as he uh, moves on now. And we certainly wish him the very best in his health and uh, the fact that uh, one of the most intense guys ever in Virginia Tech history, and he got the results, folks, uh, no doubt about it. So the statement there in terms of uh, what will college athletes do, uh, as I said, the parody aspect. Uh, if I'm a coach, I know the other thing is it's going to really upset the apple cart if I got my top guys making money and the guys doing special teams that are working just as hard, practicing just as hard, aren't making anything. That could really be uh, a problem in terms of guys getting along. So you have to kind of keep your eye on that. It's just one of those things um, that you know need to be taken care of and looked at very closely. I know the NCAA is trying to do that, but a very tough situation all in all. And, uh, you know, we're looking at NASCAR. Ben is excited. I know many of you out there that are NASCAR fans talking about uh, the 17th of May. And I'm going to bring Ben in here and uh, let him discuss this a little bit more. Ben, I know the e-racing aspect is something that is really big right now, but you're also looking at May 17th. Can you talk about what's going to happen here with NASCAR in terms of uh, how it's going to start? I know the fans won't be there. Are they talking about getting fans in a little at a time, or is this going to be something where just for the foreseeable future, no fans at all? Uh, good morning, Jamie. Um, yeah, thanks for bringing me on to, to talk about it. I'm glad it's back or coming back. I know it's uh, it's going to look a little bit different um, with, with not having people in the stands uh, for the first handful of weeks. Uh, Steve O'Donnell, who was one of the higher-ups uh, in, um, in the upper tier of the sanctioning body as far as decision-makers are concerned, was talking yesterday evening about uh, – when fans would be allowed back at the racetrack these first couple of weeks. Uh, fans are not going to be in attendance. Um, O'Donnell is the senior vice president of NASCAR. His quote was, uh, on the fan front, it's still a work in progress uh, until we believe it's a safe environment and we can work with the local and state communities to make that happen. We are going to wait until we get the okay. Um, if you missed the announcement, we talked about it this morning on uh, Sports Phone with Big Al. Uh, the Cup Series does come back on May 17th, or May 17th, that Sunday afternoon at Darlington. Uh, the Xfinity Series runs Tuesday night, uh, May the 19th at Darlington, and then the Cup Series will run a second race at the Lady in Black on Wednesday, May 20th. That's a nighttime race, midweek race. And then they transition over to Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, the Cup Series will run the Coca-Cola 600 uh, on the date when it was originally scheduled, May the, fort, or May the uh, 24th. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, the Xfinity Series runs Monday, May the 25th, a night race, and then the Truck Series runs Tuesday, May 26th, and then the Cup Series comes back again for another midweek race at Charlotte, May 27th. Nothing else has been announced past the 27th as far as an official schedule. Um, I think they're waiting to see uh, how things progress these first couple of weeks uh, back at the racetrack. There's a couple of places that are going to lose dates. They're trying to work that out right now. Um, but that's where things stand. I'm, I'm happy to have it back. 
there are going to be a lot of limitations on the teams as far as being at the racetrack. Uh, they're going to have to wear face masks and, and try to stay away from each other as much as possible. Uh, one of the differences from the initial report that we talked about earlier this week, uh, there will be live pit stops. Um, it was reported initially that there were not going to be live stops during the race or during these races, but that uh, was announced yesterday afternoon. They will actually have pit stops as um, as you normally would. Now, whether or not they throw a yellow at, at certain points during the race to make sure everybody stops at the same time or things like that remains to be seen. Um, so there's still some logistics to be worked out, but I'm happy to have it back. We are happy to have it back. I know Ben is uh, looking forward to NASCAR returning on the 17th, and I tell you what, it's just going to take some getting used to, and folks, we want to let you know on this first hour, we've got about 15 or so minutes left in the hour. We want to remind all of you, if you're capable, and of course with the coronavirus, we want to urge you to contact the Red Cross, the Red Cross in dire need of uh, blood supply. So if you're able to get safely to a Red Cross blood mobile or contact your local hospital, they can let you know the Red Cross uh, definitely would welcome blood of any kind uh, in terms of helping folks out in your community, and it helps people save lives. So bottom line is you're a hero if you can donate blood. You're a hero if you could donate any paper products, any food, anything in your community. We talk about the attitude of gratitude, making sure that you reach out and call a few people a day. If you call a neighbor, uh, maybe somebody that is widowed, somebody by themselves, somebody that you can check in on. Of course, uh, we heard yesterday from Pastor George Gregory, and he talked about, you know, uh, don't be selfish, be selfless, and make sure you look out for other people in this time because suicide rates are high right now, and a lot of that is due to isolation, and people are not getting, uh, you know, the ability to talk to people and understand that there's so much help out here that people will help you, uh, whether it be your local church, uh, the suicide prevention hotline. You've got so many folks out here wanting to help. Just make sure if you have the opportunity to call somebody, email somebody, uh, write a letter, a phone call, things that are so simple to do can help turn somebody's life around and basically help them so much in regards to uh, making them feel better. And that's what we're here for, to lift other people up. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. We're going to take a time out. We're going to come back and talk more about how we can help our community. You're listening to Sports King. Don't touch that, bat- that dial. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Joe Beninati. You're listening to the Sports King, Jamie King on Sports 106.1. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we are in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid. Because now is an opportunity to do something heroic. We realize that this is the time to organize a blood drive, help our elderly neighbors with groceries, and assist local nonprofits. And that's exactly what CMA's Colonial Honda is doing. In fact, we set up a helpline to assist people in our community in any way that we can. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, you can reach our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Again, our CMA helpline is 434-220-8885. 
And of course, if you're in need of any automotive help, we are taking extra precautions to keep our dealership clean. To learn more, visit cmascolonialhonda.com. We applaud you for helping one another during this time. You have inspired us to do the same. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Sports King Nation, want to take part in the show? Here's your chance to call the studio line. 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. And good Friday morning, everyone. Welcome to the Sports King Hour 2, first day of May. And we are excited, one step closer, trying to get there, folks. We're getting there together. We can't do it without each other. And once again, remember the attitude of gratitude. So important to thank all the folks out there that are making it happen for us. Folks, we've got the frontline folks. We've got the the nurses, the doctors, the people cleaning the hospital, the people at the reception tables, the people that are doing everything above and beyond the EMTs. And remember, thank a trucker because the truckers are delivering food coast to coast, driving sometimes double shifts to get there, doing things above and beyond. Thank the FedEx folks. Thanks the UPS folks, the mail people out there. Uh, Give them a nod. Give them a wave. Say thank you. Tell them you appreciate them. You see somebody in military uniform, thank them. See a veteran, thank them. Right now, more than ever, we've got to pull together and we're doing an amazing job and we're trying to flatten the curve so we can move forward. And you hear about uh, a lot of the tragedy, of course, the loss of some veterans recently. We read about that and uh, very dismayed to read that. And you see some of the things that have really happened out here that just uh, just haven't something we've never seen before. We hope we never see again dating back to like the Spanish flu of 1917. Uh, This has been something that, you know, you look 45, 50 days ago, life as we knew it was just glorious. We had a great economy. We had great uh, things happening in terms of the stock market. The sports world was going full speed. And now uh, in a matter of uh, 45, 50 days, the world has been turned upside down. But we have to remain faithful and believe that things are going to get better, get better soon. Uh, We know that it's going to be a process, but when we start seeing little things happening, like Ben's report moments ago about the NASCAR season coming back in a truncated, maybe a different way than we've been used to, but at least if you can see the cars running in circles, just like the NFL draft, we all got the opportunity to watch a draft, not the draft we're used to, but hey, 55 million people watched the draft, so it was very Uh, entertaining, and it gave us something that we could definitely watch and enjoy. So that's exciting in regards to some aspect of football. Uh, Many people at the NFL level believe there will be an NFL season. Many people feel it's going to happen. They don't know if it's going to happen on time. But the goal is to get, you know, back to where we were. I just don't see right now how we can go shoulder to shoulder. I know college football, which I love. Uh, Of course, college and pro football, my two favorites. Uh, you have to be shoulder to shoulder, and the fact you want to enjoy the guy or gal next to you giving high fives and, and really hooting and hollering and enjoying it the way you want to, uh, to not be able to do that, it, it just, you know, so many players want to play for the fans, and the fans want to be there and cheer on their favorite players, and it's just kind of hand-in-hand type of thing. When you look at the opportunities out there and people say, hey, it may have to be, 
you know, initially for baseball, scattered fans, and then maybe the NFL and college football maybe six feet apart. So that's going to cut down on the overall fans. And you got tailgating and people congregating. That's what makes, you know, college football so wonderful is the pageantry and the tailgating and the buildup to the game. And everybody goes out and they'll meet in the parking lot for hours before and congregate and have fun. And now how's that going to look? We certainly hope that uh, with social distancing, maybe you can sit out in a parking lot, but you're going to have to be six feet away from each other. And then, uh, you know, eating food and drinking beverages and trying to be protected. It just uh, sometimes boggles the mind as to what it's going to be like. But we're hoping and we're hearing some great things about the pharmaceuticals, about the doctors and the scientists who are working uh, so many late shifts into the night trying to come up with something. And as we've said before, it doesn't matter if it's from overseas or in the United States. Uh, whoever comes up with it first just deserves the credit of all credits because uh, somebody can put an end to this, and they're getting closer. They've got some uh, pharmaceuticals out there that appear to be working. We certainly hope they are so we can get back to a state of semi-normalcy and then work our way back because, as I said yesterday, you know, I feel and my heart goes out to those college seniors that never had a chance uh, to fulfill their college careers. And so many of them worked those first three years for that big fourth year, and they didn't get the chance to do that. And then you look at the freshmen in college now. Uh, my grandson among them didn't get a chance to finish his freshman year of college, something that is a normal thing for most college students, and didn't get the opportunity to do that. I feel for him. And then I feel so much for the college, uh, the high school seniors who didn't get the opportunity to you know, graduate in some uh, – shape or form the way they're used to and go to the prom and finish out their senior seasons. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. That's a lot of heartbreak there. And yes, you can say, Hey, what's only sports is not uh, real life, but yeah, but these guys and gals have worked so hard for these moments, these opportunities uh, to uh, walk out and play. And I remember, you know, playing high school football, you know, you walk down the sidewalk and you hear the band and you see the fans and you just have that feeling of, hey, this is such a special feeling. And if you remember that, if you're an athlete of any uh, sport out there, you know what I'm talking about. The feeling of playing uh, and the excitement of making a big play and all the things you did leading up to that, the work that goes into it. And then for somebody to say, due to something that came unseen, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. It just is so heartbreaking on so many levels. And that's uh, really when I look beyond just the uh, devastation, the loss of life, with it's just horrific on so many levels. And uh, I look at it this way. One life is one too many. And, uh, you know, my thoughts and prayers, and I know many of you out there listening right now obviously feel the same way as you send your thoughts and prayers as well to all the people affected. And you look at the moms and dads, the brothers and sisters in the sports world. We saw recently Sebastian Telfair, the great uh, basketball phenom uh, who lost his mother uh, just last week and his brother. So when you look at that uh, situation there, losing your mom and your brother within a few weeks apart uh, from Sebastian Telfair, the outstanding basketball player, just devastation there. And so many others, uh, not only sports world, but the veterans and the folks in the uh, retirement homes and so forth. Just you go down the line, and then you read the tragedy of the young lady, the doctor that uh, committed suicide recently, um, So, and that she was from the Charlottesville area. And my heart went out to her and her family because she's on the front line trying to do everything right and uh, just overwhelmed her. And uh, as I said earlier on the show, and we talked about yesterday, the mental health aspect. We have to remember, folks, 
uh, there's help out there for you. If you're feeling depressed or you're feeling uh, any uh, urge to injure yourself, please reach out. Suicide hotlines, please reach out to uh, some family, the clergy. So many people out there want to help you. Just remember, you're not in this alone. We are not in this alone. We're going to come through this better than ever. We're going to see a brighter, better day. Uh, sports will return. Life's going to return. And yes, it's going to be a little bit different for a while. And you've seen it in the stores. You've seen it if you've gone out and ventured out to get something. It's not, uh, it's not the same place that we're used to. But we certainly hope it's going to be, and we feel that in our hearts, and we just know it will. Also want to let you know, and we'll tell you more about this in hour number two. Coming up, Andre the Hawk Dawson will be joining us here at the top of the hour. Uh, we also have a great program here with Summit Media. It's called FeedRichmond.org. We're going to talk about that more in hour number two. I'll let Ben discuss that, and we'll go through that with, uh, with Ben. But it's a great program. Right now, food supply. If you can donate food, please uh, look up the website, FeedRichmond.org. Um, ben will also post a link as well, but we want to help our fellow uh, friends and neighbors in our area and around the world and around our country because right now uh, somebody called me yesterday and said, hey, coach, we're the richest country in the world. Why are people starving? And uh, that's out of my pay grade, folks, but I'm going to tell you in my just personal opinion, uh, we have to do anything we can to make sure that every American has something to eat because uh, you know, that's something that uh, we, we don't want anybody going hungry. We don't want anybody out there uh, struggling because we have enough to face daily with this pandemic that uh, when I see people standing in line for, you know, in some places a mile, quarter mile, waiting to get in some place to get a box lunch or something, uh, just think about that. And I'm saying to you out there listening and watching on Facebook Live, if you can donate anything, uh, please do a few dollars, a dollar, five dollars, anything. Doesn't have to be a monster amount of money, but every little bit helps. And if you can donate a couple dollars, it definitely helps to the food banks because everybody out there uh, would be in great, uh, greatly appreciated in terms of what you could do. And I just look at it as that attitude of gratitude. If we can just continue to thank folks that are really doing things on the front line for us and the people, I don't care. Uh, as I said, my daughter uh, managed a grocery store. And I see how hard her staff works in, in putting things on the shelves and making sure people have enough. And when you go out and you're like, man, they don't have this and they don't have that. You know, it's not the people in the store's fault. Remember that. They're doing their best to give you everything they have. Uh, and they want you happy. They want you coming back. But sometimes they don't have it because it hasn't arrived. You just have to be a little bit patient. I know sometimes that's, that's hard, especially when you're facing what we're facing. But uh, just some food for thought. Once again, feedrichmond.org. A great site, and uh, we're helping so many people through Summit Media and, of course, all the stations within our building doing such a great job, and we applaud all of them. And, of course, our uh, station's president, Bob Willoughby, doing a great job heading that up for us. We appreciate Bob and all the work he's done through this horrific pandemic. And uh, we want to remind you, you're coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, it's going to be Andre the Hawk Dawson, the Hall of Famer, joins me here on the Sports King Show. We are so excited, and we're so honored for that. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Hi, this is Ryan Mitchell, former Washington Redskins, and you're listening to the Sports King on Sports 1061. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies' volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies' lacrosse, 
From business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. You're listening to a man whose future is so bright, he's got to wear shades. The Sports King on Sports 1061. Thank you again for this tremendous honor. I will never forget this day, and I will never forget those who helped make it possible. I will never forget that it was my love for the game that propelled me and kept me going when times got tough. I will never forget that if you love this game, it will love you back. Thank you. Those are the words of our special guest here on the Sports King Show. And what an honor for me. First time he's been on the show, and hopefully he'll come back many more times. I'm telling you, I am such a fan of his, was always a fan of his as far as a player and as a man. He's done so many amazing things. We'll talk about that. We welcome to the Sports King Show the Hawk himself, Andre Dawson. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you. And baseball royalty, I mean, you look at the, the stats, uh, 279 average for your career, amazing, hits 2,774, home runs 440, uh, 438, and runs batted in 1,591. When you look at your Hall of Fame career, and there are so many amazing things that you did, what do you take the most pride in? Well, I, I take probably the most pride in to the longevity aspect of it. Uh, because I had to deal with the, the issue with the knees for pretty much the duration of my career. And with that, you know, came a lot of dedication, uh, determination, and hard work. And if you, you know, put the time and effort in and you're able to uh, persevere and play that long, the numbers would take care of themselves. But it uh, just made me aware that my work ethic had to be a little, probably a, a little more um, uh, impeccable. And in the end, everything else would take care of itself. Absolutely. I mean, you look at your outstanding career, and as I went back, you had 12 knee surgeries, and, and folks were talking about, you look at Sean Dunstan, the former teammate of yours, said, of you that Andre Dawson would have finished with 600 home runs and 500 stolen bases had he not had the injuries. You're talking about uh, numbers to the stratosphere, but your teammates saw that, and I know that had it not been for your knees, I mean, the numbers uh, would have just been beyond staggering, but to think of what you did with bad knees, it's just a, a testament to you as a player. Well, you never like to think about what if uh, the damage was done uh, as early as high school. So you know, can only react to uh, well. The only reaction you could have is how you conduct yourself uh, post injury, and you know what are you going to do going forward. So realizing that the, uh, the damage was done early on, I just felt that I still was blessed with the, the talent and the ability to play the game. Yes, probably if you know I could have been. Thing under normal circumstances, uh, it would have been a little bit easier and a little bit more enjoyable. But uh, I have nothing to complain about. 
I just, you know, took the attitude I was always going to give it my all, regardless of what the outcome was, and not worry about um, uh, what if. And when I look back on my career, as I mentioned, uh, I was able to walk away from the game and get the uniform back as opposed to have it taken away. And uh, to me, that was the most important part, uh, aspect of those 21 years. The great manager Don Zimmer said of Dawson, I don't think I ever manage a greater player or human being. Boy, does that say a lot about the great Andre Dawson. When you look at your knee aspect and the things that went wrong in terms of your knees, they say that the artificial turf at Montreal's Olympic Stadium took a toll. You played there, and many people don't realize they looked at all the great years you had with the Cubs, but you got to look further back. Those 10 years in Montreal, what did they mean to you in terms of the city there and the people and can you discuss your time in Montreal? Well, I love Montreal, uh, despite the fact that, you know, you were in a completely different culture. Uh, you were in Canada. Uh, the fans were sort of learning the game itself. It was primarily a hockey town. But uh, once we had some player development come through the minor league system and into the big leagues and we established ourselves, uh, and started to play competitive baseball on a consistent level, we got the fan support and fan turnout. And for 10 years I was there, I really enjoyed playing across the border. Of course, you looked forward to uh, the opportunity to get back to the States uh, because that made you feel a little bit more at home. But, uh, you know, I loved Montreal, and I think, you know, that that city really – for the end of my career, start to grasp the product that they had there. And it was very unfortunate that they had to lose the team. But uh, I was able to develop some wonderful relationships as a result, and they gave me my start. And that's something that I, I have to be most thankful of. Absolutely. And, of course, you went to the Cubs. You were beloved by the Cubs. You led the league in home runs with 49 uh, RBI is 137. You batted 287, won a gold glove, and was named the National League MVP despite the fact that the Cubs finished last in the National League East. And I wanted to ask you about that year. So special for you personally, but very tough from a team standpoint. And I know a lot of players, uh, great players like yourself, you know, when you look at the personal accomplishment in a team sport, it's very tough. Uh, were you able to really enjoy that that year or was it taken years later that you really got to look at the impact of that special year because of uh, what you had to endure as far as losing uh, a lot of games with the team? No, I, I enjoyed that that year, you know, to its fullest. Um, I remember I, I finished runner-up to the MVP award uh, while playing in Montreal on two different occasions. Yes. Uh, once to Dale Murphy and the other uh, time to Mike Schmidt. And, uh, you know, obviously you don't get the recognition uh, playing across the board as you would in the States. And I felt that uh, despite the fact that that had occurred, I still had some of my better years ahead of me, but I wouldn't win that award uh, if not uh, for the opportunity to play in the States. Uh, so when I did win it, even though it was from a last-place team, I just enjoyed everything about that year, the way I, I got to Chicago, the way the fans really, really embraced me and, you know, allowed me to come in and enjoy myself as opposed to trying to get my feet underneath me and feel my way around through that organization. 
But being a, a seasoned veteran, I was fully aware of um, the opportunity that presented itself. And uh, when I played on natural playing surface, I always felt that I played better and had better numbers uh, in the daytime. So it was a it was an amazing year for me. It was a, a transition for me, but you know I I stared it in the face. I took the challenge head on and. I just turned out to be a career year. I look at Ryan, the the great career of Andre the Hawk Dawson, our, our special guest on the Sports King Show, and the Hall of Famer in 2010. When you look at his career, one of the things in my studying of his career and the people around him, look at some of the accolades from just teammates and players that watch him. Ryan Sandberg, one of the greatest to ever play the game, said of Dawson, quote, no player in baseball history worked harder suffered more or did better than Andre Dawson. This is from Sandberg now. He finished the quote by saying he's the best I've ever seen, end quote. When you hear that from the great Ryan Sandberg and so many others like Zimmer and all the great guys that have said that about you, when you sit back at the end of the day in your in your recliner and you think about your career and the people that the impact you had on some of the greatest players to look at you and hold you in that high esteem, what does that mean to you? Well, coming from... Uh, a player that I, I admired to the utmost, uh, not only for uh, his his physical play on the field, but off the field, how he conducted himself. Uh, Rhino was probably one that witnessed uh, my daily routine. I would be one of the first to get to the ballpark and one of the last to leave outside of, you know, being there and uh, performing or uh, playing the game itself. And again, it goes you know, back to my preparation, what I had to do just to get ready to play the game itself. Um, But he was special. Ronald was special to me. Don Zimmer was special. Probably the one manager that I appreciated playing the most for. And then when you talk about, you know, guys like Sean Dustin, Josh Sandberg uh, being a Hall of Famer and as great as he was, uh, yeah, the compliment – you know, I'm 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 very happy that uh, he would extend himself uh, to make that sort of a compliment. And again, he was he was just one of those individuals that I watched from a distance uh, before we were teammates. But I grew to admire him a lot more when you know we were on the playing field, playing next playing next to each other. Andre Dawson, I can say this. Uh... This means so much to me, you being on the show, having spent time with the likes of Cal Ripken Jr., who broke, uh, of course, Lou Grant Gehrig's all-time consecutive game streak. And then I'm looking at you, Andre Dawson, folks. This is the rarefied air of this man. He joined Willie Mays as a second member of the 400 home run, 300 stolen base club on April 15th, 1993, when he hit his 400th home run of his career. Let me ask you, when you talk about Willie Mays, one of the greatest to ever play the game, and you're there, and there's two of you. When you see that, can you really uh, – it's just all inspiring to me. Uh, what does it mean to you to be in that rarefied era of the all-time greats that have ever played the game of baseball? Well, you know, I, I have to tip my cap to those guys because you're talking about, in my opinion, the greatest to ever play the game. And it, for me, would be just an honor to – be able to sit down and have a conversation with them and to share the same stage on induction day with them. 
um, those are, are, are compliments that, you know, they're just kind of wow you. But I can, you know, honestly sit here and I can say, you know, uh, I would probably be out of my league when it came to those guys. But you're talking about people who I grew up idolizing and having a, a, a fun, fun uh, sort of, I won't say relationship because that was later on, but having a fond appreciation for what they did and their accomplishments uh, as baseball players. So when I hear, you know, uh, comments like that, it just makes me aware that, hey, I'm doing some things right. And uh, someone noticed the talent and the ability there first, but the rest of it, you know, is, is production and that takes longevity and consistency to, to just be mentioned in the same breath with those individuals. Andre Dawson is only one of eight players in Major League Baseball history to court over 300 run, home runs and 300 stolen bases in his career. The other players to accomplish this are Barry Bonds, Willie Mays, Bobby Bonds, Reggie Sanders, Steve Finley, Alex Rodriguez, and Carlos Beltran. Andre is also one of five members of the 400 home run, 300 stolen base club, along with Barry Bonds, Willie Mays, Alex Rodriguez, and Carlos Beltran. So when you look at yourself, not only were you such an incredible uh, player with a bat in your hand, but before the knee injuries took their toll, your speed, uh, I always thought was underrated in terms of what, you know, people didn't give you enough credit in terms of your speed, but man, you were absolutely tenacious on the base pass in terms of stealing bases. That was something you did really, really well. Well, I, I started out as a center field, and of course, you know, <laughs> you're just about moving uh, on everything that happens on the field. And I I was moved to right field in order to cut down on the workload required of a center fielder. And then I was told, we know you have speed and that you could steal a base when, you know, the opportunity presents itself, if not at any time. But we want you to tone down your running game because we want you out on the field as much as possible. So I had to kind of pick my spots. I did have the green light, but uh, in an effort to adhere to the wishes of management, I would make sure that I would limit my running and not just get on the base pads and go um, hog wild like a teammate of mine or several teammates of mine did who uh, they wanted to run. So knowing that, you know, they wanted me to minimize my running but pick my spots, especially, you know, uh, when game win opportunities would present itself, I just would hold back on that uh, for that simple reason. Andre the Hawk Dawson, of course, releases autobiography. If you love this game and MVP's life in baseball in May 2012, can you talk about the book? And, of course, fans, you can pick this up. Go to Amazon and please pick up this book if you can, because right now folks are looking for things to do between watching television and reading and so forth. A great pickup of this book. Can you talk about the book and uh, what fans could expect when they read it? Well, there's two books. Uh, one came out right after uh, my final year with the Red Sox. And then, obviously, the second book after the uh, Hall of Fame induction. And the second was a spinoff from the first. It had a little bit of what was in the first book, but it depicts a lot of my um, early re rearing and how I, I was introduced to the game. 
uh, some of my accolades uh, leading up to uh, my retirement. And the second book talks a lot about uh, some of the history of the game that I endured uh, during my playing career. We talk about uh, free agency. Uh, we talk a, a great deal about some of the strikes that I had to endure and go through. And it talked about the, the, the point of reaching the Hall of Fame and the accolades over the years and a lot of things of, of, along the nature of, you know, how I was starting to adjust to postseason life. Uh, the second one, I think, is is a, a, a different read completely from the first because uh, we talk a great deal about um, Kurt Flood, his impact that he had on changing the game itself, Marvin Miller, uh, the role he played, and these these individuals who uh, were, in a sense, game changers. We have so many things to talk to you about. Of course, in a few minutes, we're going to get into some of the things you're doing now. Uh, you did a discount double-check commercial for State Farm with uh, Cubs pitcher Kerry Wood. Talk about that. I mean, you are one of the most beloved Cubs players of all time. I know the fans here in Chicago just absolutely adore you. Uh, it's a mutual love affair. Can you talk about the fans and what they've meant to you there in Chicago? Well, they made the difference in 1987 when they embraced me. Uh, once I got out to uh, Arizona after, you know, giving the Cubs the blank contract. And they just, you know, again, they allowed me to uh, just go out and enjoy the game. They started Andre's Army out in right field. And uh, what a, a joy and exciting time that was. And I look back on, you know, the fans. That That's who we play the game for. Uh, they're the difference maker. And just the fact that they embraced me, uh, you know, I can't speak volumes enough. Uh, prior to my uh, being a free agent, I can remember being in right field, in Wrigley Field, uh, and a fan uh, making a comment. And you can hear everything when you're out there. And the comment was, Andre, we know you're a free agent. We'd love to have you here in Chicago. And uh, that uh, in itself, I think, helped me make the decision going forward because, as I said, I, I enjoyed daytime baseball. Uh, Chicago uh, was uh, a media center like it was. Uh, they were maybe four years removed from postseason play. And I liked the makeup of uh, the ball club itself. It was a natural playing surface. It was the National League still. And uh, for me, it was, it was probably the final straw in making the decision where I wanted to go if the fact uh, remained that I was going to be a free agent. Can you talk about, because I, I really love to hear the story about the blank check with the Chicago Cubs. You asked them to pay, uh, pay me what I'm worth. And how did that come about? Because I'm thinking, well, here's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And you said, pay me what I'm worth. And uh, were you happy with what the Cubs paid you after it was all said and done? Well, I realized uh, being a free agent, and that was the era of collusion, that I couldn't really go and sit down and, and talk numbers with anyone. Uh, Montreal had offered me, as a free agent, a cut and pay. And uh, to me, it was a slap in the face. Uh, and I realized the writing was on the wall. It was just time for me to move on. And I, 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 I started to think that 
uh, it was it was best to get off the AstroTurf anyway uh, in an effort to prolong my career. So my agent and I felt that going out and, and presenting a blank contract to the Cubs would be our best option. I had one of two teams in mind that I wanted to do that with, Atlanta being the other. Uh, but the Cubs, I was going to give first choice. And uh, when we went out, Dallas Green didn't really know what to make of it. Uh, but I told him, I said, this is the offer. Uh, just pay me what you think I'm worth. And I realized I was sticking my neck out, but it wasn't a monetary issue. It was about uh, pride and moving forward. And I told him that I'll leave it on the table for a day, and then I'm going to West Palm Beach and present the same proposal to the Atlanta Braves. But sure enough, I, I got a phone call from Dallas the next day, and they were offering me uh, half of what Montreal was offering. And I felt that, you know, as long as it wasn't embarrassing, and then when you start thinking about, well, what is embarrassing? And I said, well, I'm just going to accept whatever the proposal is uh, and move forward. And uh, when I accepted it, it was funny because uh, he got quiet on the phone. Uh, he didn't say anything for about 15 seconds. And I said, hello, are you there? And he said, yes, I'm here. And he said, can I call you back? And at that point, I knew he probably had to clear it with the, the, the commissioner because he wasn't supposed to really make me an offer. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, once I accepted it and he got the clearance, he welcomed me aboard. And, you know, the rest is history. I uh, stuck my neck out and I said, you know, monetary issues would take care of itself. It's just an opportunity for me to make a new start. And um, it was going to be somewhere where, I pretty much made the decision to go and where I wanted to be. That's amazing. It's a story much like Mark Rippon, the Super Bowl MVP here with the Washington Redskins, did back in 91 where he asked the owner then, Jack Kent Cook, he said, as far as paying me, I'll go out and perform this year and you pay me uh, basically what you said, what I'm worth, and it ended up working out for the biggest contract he ever got. So uh, for you to put it on the line like that was amazing. Uh, I do know this about you. You're a purist when it comes to baseball. You believe in doing it the right way. And, of course, 21 years you battled and worked harder as hard as anybody's ever played the game and did it the right way. I feel this way, and I've gone on record on my show, steroids, PEDs, I'm against them. I've always been against them. I don't like the guys that have done it. I think it's uh, totally ruined the game in so many ways. And the numbers, you look at these guys, you say, what do I believe, what I don't believe. And when I look at your career, it was done by the books. When you see guys achieving these fast numbers quickly through the use of artificial means, it it, it makes me bitter. And what's your take on that? I know you're not happy with that either. Well, I, I, I'm not one to uh, really condone it. Uh, players uh, do things for selfish reasons. Uh, some do it for economic reasons, and others uh, just uh, to try and see uh, accomplish as, as much or uh, the most that they can. Uh, like you said, it, it, it ruins the history of the game. Uh, it changes uh, the concept and the thinking of other players. And I think other players feel that uh, the users have enough of hand and it may sway them that way. Uh, so it, it in itself is a game changer. And it's viewed by many uh, to be something that, you know, they really don't, don't, don't care for and uh, has no place with them. And, you know, I'm one of those individuals. 
I just, you know, think that, first of all, if you're blessed with your talent, the ability, you get to uh, that level for a reason. And uh, now it's, you know, work, work your butt off, uh, sweat, bleed, whatever it takes uh, to go out there and, and get a job done. But, you know, when you start going or using other means uh, that is not conducive with uh, the conduct of, of the game itself, uh, then that's when, you know, you kind of raise eyebrows and you have a lot of people that have issues with our special guest on the Sports King Show this morning, this Friday morning, so special, one of the greatest players to ever play the game of baseball, Andre the Hawk Dawson. By the way, his number was retired by the Montreal Expos in 1997. We're going to come back with the legend and talk to him about what he's up to now. He's on the front lines in a different area altogether as we continue on the Sports King Show with the legend, Andre the Hawk Dawson. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Andre Ryden, and you're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Hi, it's the Sports King, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. Let's get back to the guy who said, where there's a will, there's a relative. Oh, you're listening to Sports King right here on Sports 106.1. And we welcome you back to the Sports King on this special edition this Friday. Hello, London, England. Thank you from all over the world and around the United States. And boy, folks are just coming on Facebook Live, thanking us left and right, as well as other messages we're receiving about Andre the Hawk Dawson. They're saying, man, you get to talk to royalty today. And boy, they are right. Uh, a legend in every sense of the word. One of the greatest to ever play the game of baseball. And it is indeed my honor. And Andre, I want to ask you, the Hawk, uh, I understand that might have been a nickname given to you by a relative because a lot of kids kind of shy away from those balls getting hit, but you dove at him and went after him like a Hawk. Is that how it came about? Well, I was I was very young, probably eight or nine years old. And uh, an uncle of mine would, would hit me ground balls. I probably was in the way more than anything, but he would wait until after a young uh, uh, men's adult team would finish practicing, and he would work with me. And uh, every now and then the ball might take a bad hop, and he said if it deflected off of me, I didn't shy away from it, that I immediately uh, would attack the baseball. And he just started calling me Hawk, and it, it just stuck all of those years. Actually, my, my, my family nickname was Pudgy. I don't really understand or know why because I was never a fat kid. But uh, Hulk kind of stuck with me uh, throughout uh, my playing career, and uh, a lot of players felt that it was because of uh, that intimidating look, that scowl that I had uh, when I was up at the plate. But, no, it went way back uh, further than that. It was uh, as the result of, you know, working out. Uh, with one of my uncles as early as childhood. 
Well, I'm glad I'm glad that the hawk stuck because Pudgy doesn't fit you. So I'm glad it was the hawk that uh, definitely <laughs> stuck with you. When you look at your career coming up, uh, talk about the other sports you played and were interested in. Did you always know the road would be baseball? And when did you, from a standpoint of baseball, things start? The picture really became clear. You said, you know what, I really uh, can do this at a certain level, and it's just getting better and easier for me. And I think I can take this next level. When did the picture become clear for you? Well, I had aspirations as early as high school, and uh, I had the, the, the knee injury as a result of playing football, and I didn't get any scholarship offers. Uh, I went to Florida and m University. I went out for the team, made it as a walk-on, made the starting lineup as a freshman, and I was in college basically to get my career and just continue to play at that level and see how far I could go uh, from there. And I was I was drafted at the end of my junior year. I had a very, very uh, productive uh, college run. And once I got drafted, uh, well, I said to myself, this is the opportunity that I've always uh, hoped and wished for. Now I'm a professional player, not necessarily a, a big league, but a professional player. And I had a, a very, very a quick run through the minor leagues where, you know, I spent only a, uh, a year and two months and I found myself in the big leagues. And that's when I felt that, you know, I had arrived. Uh, the minor leagues was so, so easy from comparison standpoints. And I felt college was similar, so uh, it propelled me in the minor leagues. But once I got to major leagues, I felt that I had arrived and it now boils down to work ethic, uh, dedication, determination, and you're blessed with the talent and the ability. Uh, just, you know, putting all that honest effort and try to make the most of it. Andre Nolan Dawson, nicknamed the Hawk, played for Montreal, Chicago, Boston, and Florida. And when you look at your career and, of course, your plaque, it talked about the work ethic and your unsurpassed determination. Such a complete player. When you Give advice today to the youth out there or kids coming up through the high school and college ranks. What would you tell them in terms of how to be a professional and how to approach the game every day? Uh, what are some of the things that you'd pass on to them? Well, you know, you're chasing a dream um, that's being pursued by, um, you know, millions of kids um, to see the stars of the game uh, growing up. Uh, and, and idolize them. Uh, some find uh, a special liking and interest uh, to want to go that route. Uh, but again, it takes you know a special individual, uh, one that's willing to uh, sacrifice a lot uh, to dedicate yourself uh, to that craft. And uh, you got to surround yourself, I think, with with people that are going to be motivational, that are going to be inspirational. Uh, that are going to catch you on the back when it's warranted and then give you a boot in the rear end when it's necessary. You're going to have to set goals, uh, believe in yourself, believe in your talent, believe in your ability, and not let someone tell you that something can't be accomplished. And uh, I think that's the, the, the framework uh, to uh, the success that you want to have with anything in life. And uh, if you're a dedicated and determined individual uh, and you know the direction, uh, the course you want to go, 
uh, that's where you got to set your sights. When you look at your career and your legacy and you have people walking through Cooperstown, they see your plaque and think about you, the people that saw you, love you, adore you, know you, and know what you meant to the game of baseball, and people that are casual observers know as well. But from people that have never seen you play or, or learning about you, uh, the kids that will come up from generations uh, uh, in the, that are coming up uh, now and uh, are learning about the Hawk, what would you want them to know and, and think of you when they hear your name? What's most important? Well, I'm, I'm humble for one, and uh, I think the game uh, taught me that uh, I was – uh, raised to be uh, God-fearing. So I got that on my knees, and I prayed a lot. I didn't ever, you know, let any situation be too big for me. Uh, I just uh, grew up trying to have uh, the ability to be uh, a self-motivator, uh, to uh, be an individual uh, that saw something within my grasp and chase it. And uh, I uh, have always been one to uh, welcome whatever a challenge was. I tried to to make the best of our relationships, and that would entail who my teammates were, uh, people who uh, I selected to be as friends. So I'm I'm very simple and easygoing, uh, but uh, I do have uh, obstacles and hurdles that, I had to confront uh, growing up uh, and throughout my lifetime and uh, that I had to always make adjustments to. But, um, I, again, I'm just a, a very simple individual, very humble individual, and, uh, you know, I take uh, life itself in stride. I just, you know, try to be the best that I could be day in and day out and look forward to whatever tomorrow has to offer. Very humble indeed. He earned eight Gold Glove awards, made eight All-Star teams. It was named the 1977 Rookie of the Year. Just an amazing man, amazing athlete, and uh, we are so honored to have him here. Uh, switching gears, you now are and have been the owner of the Paradise Funeral Home in Richmond Heights, Florida. Do an amazing job for your community, and uh, we talked yesterday. Uh, I had a little bit of a phobia coming up about uh, funeral homes whenever I would go as a young uh, child all the way up through early high school. I mean, I didn't want to touch the door handles. I didn't want to shake anybody's hand. I didn't want to, you know, just kind of just went and came back, and you said we were laughing because you said you weren't real high on it either, and now you're an owner. Can you talk about that transition into that business and what you've done for the community? Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing as I'm li- listening to you uh, because, yes, I, I want to know parts of uh, the deceased as a kid. Uh, it would it remind me of uh, watching a horror movie and then trying to find a way to get to sleep at night. Uh, but uh, I, as I uh, kind of grew out of that, uh, it took some doing. And I can remember when, you know, this first fell into my lap, I made the comment to my staff that I had assembled uh, to work with me. I said to them, you know, you, you never know where God is going to lead you in life. Uh, as challenging as this is going to be, uh, this may be in itself just, you know, my calling at this time. And, uh, again, I... Uh, look back at 
a brother of mine who I had been in the industry industry over 35 years, and I consulted him a great deal on about a lot of the do's and the don'ts. And I realized uh, by being just the owner only uh, that there wasn't a great deal that I should worry about going forward uh, when it comes to um, uh, being uh, running the business or uh, being that on with the business itself. But uh, as I slowly got my feet underneath me, I just realized it was, uh, it is what it is. And uh, in an effort to make sure that it's run properly, uh, properly, and, uh, you know, the business itself uh, is able to uh, adhere to uh, what it's called to do, that, you know, this is where I am now. And uh, I look at, look back at, the business prospect or aspect of it, and it's been 12 years, and I can comfortably say that I'm happy that I chose to uh, continue to, and keep the business operable because it's something that the community needed. It's a service uh, that provides opportunities uh, and supplemental income for many. And, uh, you know, I got the, the wishes, uh, the best wishes and blessings from the pastors. And uh, my aim post-career was to serve in the community uh, as best that I can to stay in the game if uh, that was an option also. And I've had the luxury to do both, and I'm really, really happy with where I'm in life right now. You've done an amazing job, and of course, uh, you've been affected in a small way so far. Uh, We certainly hope it's not any worse with the pandemic, and you've helped so many families there. And just a pillar in the community. Um, as we end our conversation today, and I could go on for hours with you, uh, your message of hope for folks listening and uh, your message on how we can get through this and in terms of the pandemic and your thought process about what we're going through currently. Well, it's, it's turned all of our lives upside down, obviously. And, you know, most importantly, we have to continue to uh, adhere to whatever, you know, the ordinances are, um, how we're being instructed on a daily basis. Uh, we're going to, you know, bounce back like we do from each and every um, thing that, you know, we're confronted with in our lifetime. Uh, this is challenging. It's unsettling. And, uh, you know, we can't really wait until times get back to normal. But uh, this is a slow process, and we have to be patient. Um, as I said, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna get through this uh, like we do everything. Uh, but the main thing is to uh, practice, practice uh, safety and procedures, stay as safe as we can until you know there's a silver lining when things can return to normal. Andre the Hawk Dawson, let me say this. Uh, this will go down as one of the great honors in my life to be able to interview one of the greatest to ever play the game. So thank you so much for taking the time out. I wish you and your family safety, and and God bless you, and hopefully uh, everything will get back to normal, as you said. And, and we'd love to have you back on again when baseball resumes. And it's been a great joy talking to you, and I know that, that we've got so many other things we can talk about, so you're welcome back anytime. And once again, thank you so much for taking time. Okay, thank you, and it's my pleasure.
Andre the Hawk Dawson. Man, what an honor for the Sports King today. I'm telling you what, folks. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. We're going to take a time out. We'll be right back to close it out on this Friday edition of the Sports King. Hi, this is Andre Collins, former Washington Redskin and Super Bowl champ. You're listening to Jamie King on the Sports King for 1061. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we're in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid. Because now is an opportunity to do something heroic. We realize that this is the time to organize a blood drive, help our elderly neighbors with groceries, and assist local nonprofits. And that's exactly what CMA's Colonial Honda is doing. In fact, we set up a helpline to assist people in our community in any way that we can. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, you can reach our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Again, our CMA helpline is 434-220-8885. And of course, if you're in need of any automotive help, we are taking extra precautions to keep our dealership clean. To learn more, visit cmascolonialhonda.com. We applaud you for helping one another during this time. You have inspired us to do the same. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Hi, it's the Sports King, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. Want to race the Sports King? Call 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Learn it. Know it. Live it. And welcome back, everyone. Friday edition, about eight minutes left, and we'll head out to Los Angeles, California. Jim Rome in the jungle, ready to go. And we want to let you know, first day of May, hope you're doing well out there. We want to thank Andre, the Hawk Dawson, one of the greatest to ever play the game of baseball. And uh, Ben pointed out, of course, uh, he definitely, uh, on the back end of his career, the six seasons with Chicago, he had 57 stolen bases. So when you look at his knees and the 12 surgeries, Sean Dunson said he could have done probably 500 home runs and 500, 600 stolen bases. I mean, it could have been numbers like uh, unbelievable had the 12 uh, knee surgeries not taken place. And he had so much in terms of playing in Montreal, that turf there just kind of tore him up in terms of the wear and tear. And I'll tell you what, folks, anybody who's played on artificial turf knows what I'm saying versus grass. Major difference in it. Longevity of his career would have been so much better and more productive had he played on grass. We want to let you know in terms of something we have going on here within our station, Summit Media, uh, has something going on right now called virtual feed uh, in, in terms of the uh, aspect of what we're doing on feeding uh, the folks most in need right now. Our first virtual feed Richmond food drive to benefit Feed More. Friday, May 1st, it starts today through May uh, 31st, Sunday, May 31st. 
please visit our station website and uh, or go to free uh, feedrichmond.org. That's feedrichmond.org to make your donations today. One dollar, folks, listen to this. One dollar provides four meals. So when I said earlier, if you could donate a dollar or five dollars or ten, whatever you could afford to do, please don't take your last dollar. But if you can afford a dollar, it could provide up to four meals. The Feed More continues to distribute any more uh, anywhere from 300 to 1,000 backpacks every weekend to schools and sites across our region. Feed More School Market Program is still holding monthly distributions to provide students and their families with access to healthy meals. As the global health crisis continues, Feed More's resources will be stretched, and your donation will provide them with the ability to respond to the growing and changing needs of Central Virginia. With programs like Meals on Wheels, the School Market Mobile Pantry, and Weekend Back- Backpack Program, Feed More provides more individuals who face hunger with healthy meals and a hope for a better tomorrow. Uh, in the last year, Feed More distributed more than 24 million meals through its programs and network of agencies. Uh, community partners include Richmond Rocket Auto Sales, Yard Works, and Creative Conservation. So hats off to them and hats off to all of you. If you please could go to feedrichmond.org today and donate a dollar or five dollars. Once again, one dollar feeds four uh, four meals uh, for one dollar. You can't beat it. And uh, great job there. And folks, by the way, we continue to talk about the attitude of gratitude on the Sports King Show. If you can donate blood, please donate blood. We've got a short supply, and of course, this is a national problem in, across the United States. We want to help uh, fill those blood banks up. Make sure that we can uh, help save lives in that area. Also, the little things you do today, from calling a neighbor to emailing someone to writing a letter to. Uh, just leaning out the door and saying a thank you to the mail carrier, to the person dropping off packages, whatever it may be, to the trucker. If you go to get gas or fuel up your vehicle and you see somebody pumping gas uh, from one of those big tankers, thank them for delivering the fuel. Thank the people. Uh, whenever you can see a trucker out there, just say, hey, thank you, man. I really appreciate what you're doing. And uh, trust me, folks, these guys are sometimes leaving their families, guys and gals leaving their families going cross country for days on end to deliver food and paper products so we have what we need. But remember, these are people and they have families too, and they're putting themselves in harm's way at times, driving cross country just to make sure that everybody else has what they need. So make sure that attitude of gratitude continues because we really want to thank the people making it happen. Of course, our doctors and our nurses, our frontline people, the EMTs, everybody supplying, making all of the swabs and all of the things, these scientists and doctors and people out there. We're praying for you. We're pulling for you. And we know that testing is trying to improve and that we know that uh, so much is happening in terms of the pharmaceuticals. They're working around the clock. They try to come up with something. And there's all kinds of positive news coming out. Uh, it's not coming as fast as you want, but you have to remember this didn't happen overnight. It's not going to happen uh, in terms of results overnight, but it is happening behind the scenes. And we thank those people working tirelessly to try to make it happen. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the Sports King Show. Be back Monday for another week. Remember, Big Al starts the show in the morning, 8 o'clock, sports phone. Big Al, Ben Maitland, of course, with him. He's also with me. That's 8 to 10 on uh, the Big Al show. Sports phone is live, 8 to 10 is new time there. I'm on from 10 to noon live. 
with uh, Ben Maitland, of course. And then, of course, we've got to Los Angeles, as I said earlier, Jim Rome, ready in the jungle to take it from there. And, of course, Tiki and Tyranny and much, much more. And uh, we got so much in terms of sports here for you, Sports 1061. We thank you for listening and tuning in, watching on Facebook Live, and also listening on Sports 1061. It's been a long week, of course. I've had some great guests this week. We really appreciate all of them coming on. And you end the week with one of the greatest baseball players to ever hold a bat in his hand, ever hold a glove, and Andre uh, the Hawk Dawson, when he said, I'm a humble guy and, you know, what people remember that I gave everything I had. And when you look at his plaque and all the things he did, I mean, you just, you're in awe. And you look at a guy like that in terms of performance, just an incredible, incredible player. Once again, played for Montreal, Chicago, Boston, and Florida. His plaque read, a powerful run producer, this Hall of Fame plaque, and leader by example, whose poise, work ethic, and uh, unsurpassed determination made him a complete player. He totaled 438 home runs, 2,774 hits, while stealing 314 bases in 21 seasons. He earned eight gold glove awards, made eight all-star teams, and was named the 1977 Rookie of the Year. He revitalized by his arrival in Chicago, won the 1987 NL MVP award with the Cubs, leading the leagues in home runs with 49, RBI 137, and he twice led the National League in total bases. Andre Nolan Dawson, the Hawk, was our special guest. And folks, when you look at the greatest that have ever played, this guy's right there. Uh, of course, just amazing numbers. And uh, upper echelon, of course. And to hear him say, I think people that hear about me and get to know me know that I'm a humble guy. Very humble. But his bat and his gloves spoke volumes. And, of course, on the base pass as well. Just an amazing player. Once again, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Be kind to one another. Look out for one another. Remember, at the end of the day, we're in this together, and we're going to find a way together. Can't do it by ourselves, but together we can do anything. We're the greatest country on the face of the planet, with the greatest people on the face of the planet. And with that combination, you can't lose. We're going to make it one day at a time or one step closer. For Ben Maitland, I'm the Sports King, Jamie King. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you back on Monday.